This is the Live on Purpose Radio podcast, episode 482, Emergency, Prepare to Save Your Child's Life with guest Mark Wilhelmson. Now is the only time to create and live the life you love. I'm Dr. Paul Jenkins, the positivity psychologist. My job is to connect you to powerful positive psychology principles that immediately upgrade your relationships, business, and mental health. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. Joining me today is Mark Wilhelmson. Mark has had some, shall I say, harrowing experiences. Sometimes our greatest fear as a parent is that our children are going to be faced with some kind of grave danger or crisis. And even worse, we might not be prepared to face that. Mark's been in that situation. He's also had the opposite experience where he has been able to respond to those kinds of situations with confidence because of his training and preparation. Mark, welcome to Live On Purpose Radio. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Give us a little bit of that backstory, will you? What was it that, that happened that got you turned on to this particular mission that you're on? Sure. Well, it was back just after my son Marcus had turned two years old. Uh, my wife is a nurse, and so she would have these long shifts, and so she'd come back super late at night. And so I would end up typically watching the kids, you know, overnight, such as like the infant. We had an infant at the time, um, and also get up early because she came home so late. Uh, so I would cut up some breakfast for my, my son Marcus, and it included uh, some fresh fruit. You know, and it was very typical morning uh, with him. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then what ended up happening is I, I got lucky twice. The first time I got lucky was the fact that I was sitting across from him watching him eat, which is something that most of us don't do because we're too distracted. Mm. But I happened to be sitting across from him uh, watching him eat. And this was mixed fruit, you know, and what ended up causing the problem was when he started to choke was on pineapple. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that, but he started to choke and it was on the soft part of the pineapple. So I cut off the hard part mm-hmm. and he was eating the soft part along with some, you know, blueberries, you know, and some cut up strawberries. So, um, and all of a sudden just, he was eating and just everything stopped. It's as mm-hmm. if, you know, time stood still. Um, and we were just kind of looking at each other you know, and he had this kind of this look in his eyes, you know, which went from, you know, just a frozen to sort of a save me, like, like yeah. something's wrong, save me, you know. And so what, what typically happens with kids is, you know, they, they will freeze as well, just like you do. And what you do in that moment can either make things much worse, or it can set you up for a good scenario. Uh, What I mean by that is if I, in my state of panic, which I was in, I was frozen, Mm -hmm. but had I went forward towards him in a state of panic, he could have very well gotten startled and ended up trying to take a reflexive breath in, causing the pineapple to go even further down his his throat, right? Or his esophagus, uh, which would cause another problem. So what ended up happening is he started to just you know, his body just started to convulse and he started to cough very violently. 
And, you know, like I said, luck saved him, not me. I was just frozen and he was able to cough it up on his own. Now, what will happen is in that situation, a number of <laughs> talk about mixed emotions and not all and only yeah. one good, you'll be extremely grateful and you'll start crying like a baby, you know, that you, that you, you know, that he was actually okay. Um, and then yes. the next thing they'll turn to be embarrassed and then angry. So I got angry really quickly. I said, you know, how could I, I had an infant upstairs who was sleeping. I said, how could I, as a father of four, not know something so basic as how to save my two-year-old from choking? Mm. I mean, this is a fundamental and I was embarrassed. You know, Mark, the, the emotions that we have in these situations are completely normal. They're natural yes. emotions that we experience. But you also pointed something important out. There's a moment of panic. And our, our brain is designed to take care of us and keep us safe in, in the face of danger, right? Mm -hmm. Or threat. Mm -hmm. yeah. And this panic response that you have, unfortunately, disconnects you from the logical, rational part of your brain. Yes. Yes, I, I was talking to, to Vicki about this, my wife, uh, this morning as I anticipate our conversation today. And she was recalling a time when our neighbor came over with a choking child, not sure what to do. She was in a panic. Right. She came over and she just handed the child to Vicki. Yes. Yes. And, and Vicki was able in that moment to think it through, but she remembered other times with our own children where she just froze. Yeah. Yeah. And this panic response, unfortunately, works against us sometimes when it comes to intervening in a crisis. Right, right. And that's why training and, and practice are so, so crucial, but also having the resources immediately available in that moment, understanding that you're probably not going to be in your your best, most clearest thinking mind. Yeah, no, definitely not. And one of the things I like to say, and, and, I, and I put it in my book is, you know, we really only panic when we don't have the skills to solve the problem, mm. right? And so it's like having that skill set is, is so important. You know, my daughter, Lana, you know, just a few weeks later, I go out to London and um, on my way back from London, I was reviewing some training that we had done with my CPR instructor at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was just, just going over it again, reviewing it. And then what ended up happening is I got my son, Marcus, this little London bus souvenir, this little red London bus. And so, again, so we have a situation where he chokes, he's saved by luck. Weeks later, I go home and I bring this, this little bus from London, which happened to coincide with me going through this, these training videos again. Uh -huh. And what happened is, is. Lana, my youngest daughter, she's sitting in a, in one of these, um, you know, little play, play, um, not play pin, but she's sitting up in it. I forget exactly what you call it, like an infant chair, basically that she was sitting up and yeah, it has all yeah. these little things for her to play with. She was yeah. sitting there and Marcos was down there and I had to just go to the bathroom. So I just went right, right over to the bathroom, like 10 Wait, steps Mark, away. Parents yeah. can't go do self-care. <laughs> what are you yeah, thinking? I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> But I mean, it's like, and, but my thought process is, okay, this, I'm, I'm literally right there, 10 seconds, I come back. But what happened is, is I come back around the corner, I look towards Lana, her eyes are all red, she's foaming at the mouth. Oh. And, but the difference is, is I had just gone through those videos again. I didn't panic. Yes. 
I didn't panic. I assessed it. I calmly walked over to her, right? And since she was under the age of one at the time, took her out of the infant play chair and then started to do the series of back slaps, which I was taught in my class. So no panic, knew what to do. I saved her, not luck. And, you know, I ended up doing a finger sweep. And you know what the object was? Marcus loved to take things apart. He took off the tire, this little tire, rubber tire off of the London bus and handed it to Lana. Just in that 10, 15 seconds. I mean, it was, it's just yeah. amazing. And that's what she was joking. That's wow. what she was joking. Now, Mark, I know because I'm a parent. Yes. That we will encounter times when our children are in danger, yeah. in perilous circumstances. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Yes. I, I can recall a number of times with our own kids, uh, even with our grandkids, and they're still pretty young, Yeah, where, where things happen because welcome to earth, folks. Right. I mean, this is how we roll here. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> earth life is inherently dangerous. Yes, yes. Right? <laughs> Now, that doesn't mean we should walk around freaking out that, right. you know, doom and gloom and, and right. expecting all the worst things to happen. But if we can reasonably prepare for it. Right. You've just shared an example of the, the second incident in which you were prepared. Yeah. And the, the main thing that changed here was your confidence, yeah. which allowed you to think clearly through the situation and save your daughter's life. Can't we just call 911, Mark? Come on. That's what it's for, right? Yeah. Well, you know, my background uh, for over 26 years was as an investigator in New York City. So I'd be investigating cases in civil, supreme, and federal court. Mm. And so after this thing happened to Marcus, I started to get very detailed and start going several layers deep on why are we having these problems? Like, why is it the fact that there are like nearly a million children worldwide this year will not make it to the age of five. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. That, that's, that. This is not due to war, famine, or disease. This is, this is from accidental, unintentional injuries, most of which are preventable. You know, I mean, some of these things, such as like sudden infant death syndrome, we can't really say is 100% preventable, but you can go yeah, so, yeah. you can take so many steps to mitigate that risk. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's it, so taking a view on this and saying, okay, what are the real problems here? And one of them actually is 911. You know, we're so used to relying on other people, you know, in an emergency. I mean, we've yeah. kind of been having this, you know, ever since we were in grade school, you know, in an emergency, what do you do? Call 911, right? So call 911. It's we're not trained about and educated it, to do that. Absolutely. It's never really been about self-reliance. It's kind of been about the opposites, but relying on others. And, and so within the 911 system, it's, it's, it's understaffed, it's underfunded. Um, and the technology is outdated, you know, so, so, so I think it's just, I think you probably know more about this than I do as far as the statistics, but I think it's about 65% of us from what I've researched are visual learners, right? And the, the remaining are, are auditory. Now, 911, so that's 35%, if those are true or close, 911 is an entirely auditory system, right? So when somebody is describing what to do, let's say if your baby's choking, like you have to be able to not only hear it, understand, but then you have to actually visualize it in your own way to know what to do. And at the same time, you're in a panic state. So add that to the mix mm. and, and we have a problem. So it's, it's, it's not as if, so 911 is one of those issues that, you know, it's fantastic. Should you call them? 
Absolutely. But the average response time of 911, as far as when somebody actually comes to your door nationally, is over 10 minutes. So your baby yeah. could become unconscious within less than two minutes. Right. So there's so many things need to go right to near perfection yeah. for you to be able to save save your baby in that in that uh, time frame. You know, Mark, I had uh, a client who was a 911 dispatcher. Mm. And she told me stories. Yeah. Of, first of all, thank you to all of our first responders and emergency 100%. personnel. Wow, you're doing you're just doing a fabulous hero's job out there. Hundred percent. It's not their fault at all. But there are real limitations. Yes. I, you say ten minutes. I'm like, wow, ten yeah. minutes. Yeah. Which is amazing and too late. Yes. Yes. <laughs> In some circumstances, I remember yeah. this client sharing with me. A big part of her job was talking the parent down, right? helping them to regain some sense of composure so that they could help their child because she right. knew darn well, she's got the emergency responders on the way, right. but she knows that those, those tires have to cover some road before That's they get right. there. That's right. And so she's talking mom or dad through what to do while this child is choking. And they're like you said, you know, they're in a panic state. Yeah, but they're trying to listen through their ears yeah. to translate something that they need to do physically now with right. this real child in this real moment, and right. and so that's why I think your resources are so valuable, Mark. You've taken this on, and I love your story, by the way, because it, it matches so many other stories that we've even featured here on the podcast, where. Uh, like one of my guests said, your mess becomes your message. Yes. And you get to take this experience and now create resources for other parents. Right. Or for other fellow citizens of planet Earth, which is That's inherently right. dangerous. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to handle this in a way that can maybe save some lives. Yeah. But certainly increase our confidence. Yes. Talk to us about. Uh, about the resources you've put together and and how that makes a difference for parents. Can you just go there for us for a minute? Sure. Well, going back to the the, the visual learning um, and also back to the original story about having that refreshed, which is the reason why I was so calm with my daughter, Lana. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to do was not only create something, you know, of substance such as, you know, this book, you know, we have, um, but also to take that another step further and create a set of videos that actually walks you through each one of these steps, you know, uh, rescue yeah. sequences, whether it's baby choking, baby CPR, um, child choking, child CPR, um, and really discussing, like, again, going back to my investigative background, I wanted to create a masterclass. So basically really mm -hmm. look at all of the nuances that go, go into this and then cover them to the best of my ability, right? And so the reason I say that is because, you know, one of the things I have in my book that, that parents really connect with is, is a headline that says, while everything can be Googled, not everything should be Googled, right? Uh -huh. when you, if you were to take baby choking as an example and you were to Google, you know, how to save my baby from choking, on Google alone, you're going to get millions of results. Now put that right. same search term into YouTube, and then you're going to get a bunch more results as far as how many videos are going to pop up a ton. Well, here's the problem with that. A lot of times what parents will do is, or caregivers, is they will go into something like YouTube and say, you know, how to save my baby from choking. And they'll learn that one skill, let's say, in that video. 
And, um, and then I'll have a mother say, you know, like, well, I, I learned that, you know, I can, why can't I just learn this on YouTube? Why do I need to, you know, go through masterclass, all that kind of stuff. And I said, well, let's go through, let's go through, let's game this out a little bit. Let me ask you a series of questions. And one of the first ones is, you know, first of all, is that video up to date? Is it from a certified mm -hmm. instructor mm -hmm. or, you know, Tim from Des Moines, Iowa, you know, who just learned a new skill, right? And thought it was cool mm -hmm. and put it up there. Like, is it is it up to date? Is it from a certified instructor? And let's say theoretically that you, you watch this video and you actually remember it whenever this crisis happens. Now, our memories are pretty wonky. Within, uh, within about 24 hours, you'll forget up to about 60% of what you just learned. And when in 48 hours, it, go, it can go up to 80%. So it's almost mm -hmm. like scoring an A on a Monday and then failing that same test on a Wednesday. Right. So right. let's just say theoretically, though, that she was in the top top percent and she, she remembered all of the steps in the video. I said, what if it doesn't work? And then she's like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, what if it doesn't work? What if that one skill that you learned, such as how to do the back slaps, like your wife went through, right? She did the back slaps. And, but what if it didn't actually work? What if the object was too far down and it didn't come up, right? Mm -hmm. did, you, did you also Google how to perform baby CPR? And do you remember those right. steps? And on top of that, are you aware of the fact that a baby or an infant is up to the age of one year old, one year of age? And then after that, they're a child. Now, those skill sets are completely different from an infant to a child. They're completely different. So you better also yeah. update that skill once the child gets older. I mean, you know what I mean? So there's so many nuances that can get you in trouble. You know, Mark, I caught that as you were introducing this particular topic that you said, baby, I think you said baby or infant yeah. choking or child choking. Right. Different animals. Yes. You're going to handle it differently. You're going to yeah. approach it differently. Yeah. Sometimes this can feel a little overwhelming to a parent. Sure. Sure. Because they care so much about their kids, mm -hmm. but they're not sure that they have the time or the money or the energy to invest in this course or become certified or whatever. Uh, could you just put our fears to rest about yeah. that? With it, talk about your experience with that and what they could expect if they were to actually increase their knowledge in this area. Well, typically, if you're going, you're going to go to, like I say, a local CPR class, you know, you'll be mm -hmm. in there for about one and a half hours, two hours, something like that. Uh, but getting certified in CPR is not enough. You can't stop there because we just talked about our memories, right? So you will forget what you just learned and what you just got certified in within about 42, 48 to 72 hours, right? It just won't be there, like ready to go. So, but it's a very important to actually still do that. And I'll tell you why, because you know, when you have the mannequins in class, like these little baby mannequins or the child mannequins, you will, you'll be able to feel what it's feel like to do a chest compression, right? Or to do a rescue breath because these mannequins are amazing these days because they actually have like lungs inside of them. So you can, like, for instance, if you really want to get chest rise and fall, make sure you're, you're actually the rescue breath has enough air or you're compressing hard enough. Right. And so, so like for a baby, it's one and a half inches down or a third of the depth of the baby's chest. Okay, great. If I heard that on 911, I wouldn't know what that means. Right. Right. But you can feel it on a mannequin. So for us, the way we look at it is, and I'm a CPR instructor as well, but I understood that the way to really make a big difference was to have classes that were available 
on demand anytime from anywhere on nearly any device. So people mm. can do refreshers. Now, ideally, they would go to a class, but a lot of people don't do that. So as, right. so as far as we're concerned, we're like, if you do do that, that's fantastic. This is a perfect complement to that uh, because you can literally watch within, you know, like your CPR, you can have a refresher in that within three to five minutes. So as far as that mm. time, you know, time invested, so it's almost like learn these skills, like learn it, keep watching it. You know, there's a masterclass version of it, which really walks through why am I doing each step? So we get really granular and detailed, but then I go into an action sequence. I say, okay, well, here's what it would look like if your baby was actually choking. Real time. You know, in yeah. real time. And so, right. and, and to have that always available. And we, we talked, I want to make sure I don't forget this, you know, the babysitter's checklist, right? This is not just yes. about, yeah. I mean, this is not just about parents. This is also about caregivers. And, yes. and also not only about the parents of the actual children, but also becoming a valuable member of the community, such as your wife, right? So mm -hmm. your neighbor comes and brings the child to your, I mean, think about the trust that's there, right? Um, yeah. Slash panic, sure, you know, but at the same time, a lot of parents will do that. And what we really want to encourage parents to do is really be self-reliant, you know, learn these skills yourself, and it, you'll be amazed at how confident and empowering knowing these fundamental life-saving skills really is. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's fantastic mm. to have this knowledge. And you'll find yourself sort of scanning. Like if somebody has a problem, you'll find yourself scanning and then, you know, you know what to do. It's fantastic. Yes. So I'm glad learning. that you mentioned the confidence, Mark, because this, this not only helps us to think more clearly in the crisis, right. but it, it allows us to live with more peace. Yeah. In between, yes. or before, or even if one doesn't occur, right. you'll you'll have more peace in your heart and mind because you've got the skills and the tools that are necessary to take care of the situation when it occurs. You mentioned the babysitter's checklist, and yeah. this is like you said, it's not just for the babysitter. Right. This is for the the knowledge and quick reference. Right. Of anyone who is in position to take care of these kids, including yourself. Yes. Yes. So uh, the babysitter's checklist, uh, we've, we've got this available for you live on purpose listeners. Mark, you've made this available to our audience. Yep. Uh, the, the link for that is our child's keeper. O U R child's keeper forward slash Dr. Paul. That's right. Com forward slash Dr. Paul. Yep. Yes, ourchildskeeper.com forward slash Dr. Paul. That's where you can get it. We'll put a link in the description as well. I've I've looked it over, folks. It's it's a handy reference that you will want to use and make available to anyone who's helping you with your kids. Mark, you've also got some links there. So if they want to get connected to your master class, yep. they can get that advanced cert certificate or that training. I was I almost said certification. I don't know if you even offer certification. Not we but, can't do that through the website, but I offer. I really want them to go locally to you know really take that step and do that because but, that's uh, more of a hands-on kind of an experience. That's a hands-on experience, yeah. But in terms of the knowledge and the training and yeah. having that readily available to you, and the price is very reasonable, folks. Especially when we're looking at buying some confidence and some that's peace right. as that's you right. move forward. Thank you, Mark, for your contributions here at Live on Purpose Radio today. I know it's we didn't get into everything. We could probably talk for hours. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you so much. 
Folks, take this information and use it to to prepare yourself to save some lives and to improve the quality of your own. You've heard it now. It's time to go live on purpose. Did you get what you came for? Give yourself the gift of taking real action on what you realized today. Please share this episode with someone you know would value it and leave us a rating too. It's time now to live on purpose. <laughs>